This episode of True Sex and Wild Love is sponsored by Sweet Vibrations. Sweet Vibrations, exactly what it sounds like. Beautiful, waterproof, pretty, brightly colored sex toys for a very good time. Like I said, waterproof, rechargeable. They come with a discreet travel case. You get the USB charging cable and wall plug. There is a lifetime warranty. They're all less than $50. How can you say no? I don't know. I mean, it's actually crazy that they're less than $50. Let me tell you that. But this I absolutely love them. Lattes. It really is. And w- my favorite one, just in case anyone's wondering, my favorite one is the tulips because I've never seen anything like this. And let me I, it's such a sweet, sweet, sweet time. Visit sweetvibes.toys and use our promo code at checkout, which is wild, wild love. love. And you get 15% off. You're welcome. In this episode, we talk to Babe genius and sex tech guru, Brian Nicole. And first of all, I just needed to know what sex tech was and then how it's improving women's lives. And we really got into it. We did. And one of the ways that sex tech is improving our lives is that it's improving our sexting. We go in and talk about this sex bot and it'll respond to you and you can learn how to sex. So there's that. There's all kinds of other sex tech out there that can really just change the game. Enjoy. I'm so excited that Brian and Cole is here. So excited. You know why? Tell me. She is the person who broke down for me. I had a very basic question. What is sex tech? What does that even mean? And it turns out that sitting right here with us, we have the goddess of sex tech. There she is doing a goddess wavy octopus dance. She's doing a dance. My snake arms, my sex tech arms. (laughs) I love that. You're already going to sing on this podcast. I can't. You know what? Let's just leave now. We're done. It's not going to get better. Great episode. (laughs) (laughs) It is going to get better, though, because she's going to tell us. Do you know what sex tech is? Tell me. Would you like the formal definition of sex tech? Yeah, I want the Brian Cole definition. Okay, so the formal definition is sex tech is any technology designed to enhance sexuality. So when we think about sex tech, we often think, okay, that's just robots or it's VR porn. But if we think about technology designed to enhance sexuality, well, sexuality is more than just sex. Sexuality is sex education, it's gender identity, it's sexual health, it's crime and violence reporting, assault reporting, anything to do with medicine and sexuality. So there's actually a whole heap of stuff that's happening in sex tech that we just don't think about. So when you dive a little bit deeper, you think about sex tech and the products that are designed for painful sex, the virtual reality sex therapy, which we know one of our, our friends does, virtual sexology, and uh, there's a whole whole suite of things beyond beyond the robots, really. All right. Can you give us Whoa. some examples? I'm, I'm just yeah. – there's so much. We Man. need examples. Yeah. Okay. Like, like tell us about – were you about to mention OMG Yes? OMG Yes is an amazing example mm. of sex mm-hmm. tech. I think a lot of the really interesting examples of sex tech we don't hear about – other ones, surprise, surprise, designed for women. So mm. OMG, yes, is a great example because it's um, technology that's pretty simple. It's an app. Um, it has touchscreen technology that's got feedback so you can trace it. But what it is is they took this study, the first 
done of its kind in 2016. It took till 2016 to do this study on female orgasm and how women bring themselves to orgasm. So essentially how they masturbate. They took 2,000 women between the ages of 16 and I think it was 96. I think wow. it was really was comprehensive. Pretty awesome. And they interviewed them and looked at, well, how do you bring yourself to an orgasm? They looked at that data across 2,000 women and they identified 12 different patterns for Styles. how women have a maz. And so they took that data, they took the 12 different techniques, they put them into this app, which you can sign up for, and you can practice the different techniques or patterns um, of masturbation. And you can either do it with a partner or you do it by yourself. And I think the cool thing about this technology is not only is it cool tech, right, and it's doing something really useful in teaching us about masturbation, OMGS also came up with these new words, so this language around these 12 different techniques so that we can actually talk about edging or all the other techniques. And suddenly it's something that you can talk to your partner about. It's part of about. the vocabulary. It's awesome. And that's like a best one of the best examples, I think, of sex tech and changing culture as well. And it's beautiful, especially if you're doing it on an iPad or something like, you know, OMGS is an interactive screen. I can't even emphasize. People have to go look at it right now. It's an interactive screen and you're literally learning, you know, yeah. how Te techniques women, techniques to help a woman have an orgasm or for a woman to have one yourself. Somebody um, was tweeting yesterday, I think, um, and added me in the tweet about like, since we don't have sex ed in our schools anymore because we're still living in the shadow of mm -hmm. abstinence-only mm. sex education because they hooked that onto a bill, right? So we're still we're yeah. still not getting good 13. sex in school. So is it is is sex tech one possible um, way to yeah. bridge that gap and get kids the education they need instead of porn? I mean, that's that's my hope. That's sort of the big gap in the market. So if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're an entrepreneurial uh, mind, you should be creating something with technology to do with sex education because um, our government and um, academia aren't sort of there yet or don't have the investment in technology. But this is an amazing opportunity, especially in the States where 13... 13 states are medically accurate. That's the, the only sort of stipulation with sex education. <laughs> so, so bananas. People are just wow. going, yeah, well, the, you know, this is this is an anatomy. Here's a drawing or like here's, here's a video of lions doing it because that'll teach you how to have sex. So now you know. And uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, here's a banana, put a condom on it. All right, now don't do any of that until you're married. Thanks, the end. Right. So... It's not based in reality. It's definitely not based in 2019 where we have also technology's influence in things like sexting and revenge porn and obviously like this is this phone that I'm holding up is is essentially porn in your pocket for mm -hmm. a young kid seeing that the, at the age of I think the average is now eight years old. So It's seeing porn yeah. at eight. Yeah. Wow. If you can, you know, use a phone and Google and yep. Google no, big so titties, true. then, it's you know, there. and there's no safeguards and then like really the the safeguard or the protection systems they don't do that much you know someone can always find a computer or a screen that they can go around so that stuff exists and I think we have to just face the fact that that, that porn exists um, and people are going to find it but how do we educate especially young kids that that's actually that's like a movie or that's like McDonald's junk food mm -hmm. like that's not the healthy version of sex it's, mm. it's there um, and take a look. But I think there's a massive opportunity 
opportunity here for some sort of education platform that incorporates porn, that incorporates protecting yourself online, privacy, as well as like how do you sext um, into sex education. And I don't know if you just saw um, this slut bot that just came out yeah, that I teaches did. you how to text, she, yeah. sext. I, but my first wait, thought, of course, was really wait. Cool. Yeah, my first thought was wait. Do you guys really not know how to sext? But some people yeah. don't. But, I think but some maybe you want to get be- uncomfortable, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's like dirty talk. You're like, oh. well, that's it's, it's, exactly it's vulnerable. You don't know what to say. Why this came about? Yeah. So people were using this one particular platform. What was it? Something box. Juice box. Juice box. So they were going to juice box and asking over and over, like, how do you sext? So juice box said, wait, we need to develop a sext bot to help these people learn to sext, right? I was sexting with with flat bot last night. How was it? Do you want me to read you something? Yes, yes. Read us what All right. sexted with. Hold, please. Hold sexting music. Do, do, do. Um, okay, so you can choose when you go into this slut bot, you can choose whether you're a male or female, whether you want to sext with a male or female, how old you are. Really? Okay. And how hot and heavy you want it. Like if you, I mean, very. You know, Bring it. Be- beginner, very. <laughs> beginner sexters may want to tame it down. So, it's, you know, what's your gender? Um, do you want to talk to a female or male bot? And I was like, I want to talk to a female. Hell yeah. I want to see what she says. Because also I'm thinking, I want to get better at this. Like, right, exactly. The, you know, I need some ideas You know here. what I'm saying? You're following me. And, and also are they doing a good idea, mm-hmm. a, a good um, job, excuse me. Yeah. Okay. So she says to me, hi there, wavy emoji. I was thinking it would be hot to try sexting with you. Would you like to sext with me? Kiss. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Awesome fire emoji. If you get uncomfortable, you can always use the safe word pineapple in caps to stop <laughs> super safe to, <laughs> to stop the chat. To start over, type slapbot. Before we start, how do you like your sexting? One, slow and gentle, two, hot and sexy. What do you think I chose? How are you two? Those two. Okay. I know you. Okay. <laughs> volcano emoji. Just the way I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I, Ooh, I'm going to start using a volcano emoji. Yeah, I'm already learning. Ideas, That's underutilized. Okay. I've been thinking about you today. Last night was really hot. Want to know my favorite part? Smiley face emoji with the wrinkle thing up there. No, anyway. Smirky emoji. A wink? It's like, want to know my favorite part? Oh, you know yeah, when the, the lip goes, goes up? Yeah. My <laughs> <laughs> the grimace is not sexy. We I never really get that one. Back. I can't tell if it's like... A kind of like a side Sly? eye bitch type of thing, or if it's yes. like you're into it, you know? I think it's a side eye. So it that is. they made a mistake, but we'll forget. Maybe sly eye. We're not gonna use that much. Sly. <laughs> I wanna know my favorite part, sly eye. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> and she says, I loved how you slowly caressed my nipples and kissed my neck until I was begging for your cock. <laughs> oh. Good. Sealed with a kiss. Did it turn you on to hear me beg? What did I write? Yes. <laughs> Look, our our engineer is closing the, the podcast door. He's like, oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how far we want to go down Keep into going. the train. Okay. Don't stop. Capital OMG. It gets me wet when I think about the way you lick my pussy. Do you like it when I sit on your face? And I was like, 
Yes. <laughs> yes. Volcano emoji. <laughs> Mine are all like, we're looking at the text chain. You're Mine are very all like monosyllabic. one word. Yes, like, yes, yes. <laughs> Good. You're making her do a lot of work, but we know that that's the gender to, script. So. I wanted to say, so yeah, a lot of uh, emojis continue. And I look, there's a thing about sexting. Like you're either an emoji person when you're sexting or you're not, you know. Wow. And something I learned about this, I was like, I don't know if I really need all these emojis in here. <laughs> that's a good lesson. That, that is. That's, this is valuable information about yourself and your sexting. Yeah. Okay, you, should I do one more? Yeah, keep going. Alex. Okay, 100 and 100 emoji emoji things. Today, I was thinking about that time we had sex in the shower. Shower emoji, shower emoji. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the feeling of your skin getting all slippery and sweaty beneath my hands. Water thing. <laughs> Water spurt. Water spurt spurt. I get turned on thinking about how you pressed me against the tar wall and slipped your eggplant emoji inside me. How did it feel when you slipped your dick in me? All right. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Real good. 100 emoji. <laughs> so now I think she gets, like the bot's like, okay, this person's not into it. She goes, she's just wrapping it up. She's like, I can't wait for round two tomorrow, Kissy. I love trying new things with you. I was thinking... I'd like to try anal. Do you want to slide your <laughs> cock inside oh. my peach emoji? And I wrote, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and what'd you say back? Okay, what would you enjoy doing? And I wrote back, everything. <laughs> <laughs> Except anal. She's really well, doing okay, all so the yes, work Okay, so yes, I there. don't feel like you need as many emojis. Right. I think you should just say the word instead of the emoji or say the word and put the emoji after the word. At least just say whatever it is. Like Some people like to cock, see the word. Right? Maybe put cock and the emoji. Do you think some people like to see the emoji because they're a bit like, oh, I couldn't possibly read the word pussy today? Right, (laughs) right. Maybe some people will prefer that euphemistic emoji. I'm like, put it, put the cock there. I like, and the emoji. All of it. (laughs) There's something to be said for the word. Looking yeah. at a word. Yeah. It's um, a whole skill. So you've got it. I think, Wednesday, you're a writer, so you know how to sex. I think I'm not going to say that I have or haven't sexted, but I would say that if I if did, you were, you'd be really I would good. be mm. epic <gasps> at sexting. Mm. I just feel that way. And yet, I feel that I could learn something from that sex bot. I'm going to do it. And I just Same. did. Same. So yeah. I <laughs> recommend... And she also sends you um, nudes. She does? It's a, that, a, it's a bot nude. It's a naked bot. Whoa. It's like it, a, it's sort a of like purple sideways bra. It kind of like, looks like a skinny Gumby. It yeah. does look like right? a skinny Definitely Gumby. A That's the best. Cartoony. Well, so this is the future of sex, okay? It's just, Maybe. It's like just the boob. <laughs> Part of it. And the pelvis. Okay, we yeah. have to. You, you, you took us here to this place. Like you always do. I want people to understand how you came (laughs) to sex tech. How did you decide that this was your mission in life? Because you have, I mean, people need to know about the podcast, about the lecture series, but tell people how you got into this. Because, Sure. Well, in some ways, I think I stumbled into it. But the more I think about it, I think I didn't really stumble into it. So I was working in technology while I was in New York, been here for the last seven years. And um, I was working for a variety of big tech companies. And I went out on my own and did this project around the future of nightlife for an alcohol brand. And I was interviewing these guys 
all, well, guys and girls that were part of nightlife, what is the future of nightlife? Tell us about it. And I interviewed artists, musicians, and technologists. And the technologists were really on the cutting edge. These were the guys that were like the cliche in their garage, like making stuff and had no money but were super smart. And these guys that I met in LA were making scent releases for virtual reality headsets. And this is going back almost four years to now. And they would put the headset on and then this attachment across their nose and it would release smells. And I was like, well, that's cool. Like, what nightlife things are you doing with that? And they're like, oh, well, we're, I can't do an American accent, but they're like, oh, we're, <laughs> we're recreating like being in a hot tub with three supermodels. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. And they're like, yeah, it's going to be fucking sick. And <laughs> I was like, well. Really? You're supposed to do that. At the club? No, they're sitting on their couch at home oh. with a pack of Doritos and this VR headset on in, okay. a, in virtually in a in a hot tub with three supermodels. And I was like, well, damn, like what's going to happen to my dating life then, you know? <laughs> <laughs> this guy's sitting with three supermodels. Who's going to come hang out with me? Yeah, who's in the <laughs> club? so busy. <laughs> so I think that was a large part of it. It was why I started the Future of Sex podcast because I was like, let me talk to some more people that are making stuff. <laughs> and, you know, the the lineage of like innovation in technology, often it comes from adult entertainment, that sort of a thing. Online payment systems, video streaming, all these technologies, they start out usually in adult entertainment industry and then trickle their way down into our lives and have a massive impact, not only on like our personal lives, but the, the way we do work, the way we live. So I was like, okay, let me let me find some more people. And then I was like, well, these people have no idea about sex in the bedroom. Like they're creating these interesting things, but who knows the most? Sex therapists, writers like Wednesday, mm-hmm. um, educators, entertainers, and just everyday people. And that's sort of where the podcast took off in asking people, what's the future of sex? How's technology involved? And I've been thinking about it recently and I think, well, it wasn't kind of random. I think part of it was a very personal mission for mm-hmm. me growing up as um, a young girl that developed pretty early but didn't develop, you know, her voice or mentally um, how to protect myself um, in the world and be a woman in the world. And so part of this was almost like a rebellion to be like, you know what, you guys that are running around telling me how I should be or what what my sexuality should be or to stop being like this. This was a sort of a, a stake in the sand for me too, to be like, it's okay to be a woman and talk about sexuality mm. and to own it. Mm-hmm. You've said, and Cindy Gallup has said too, that um, if you attach tech to, to the sex. end of sex, a lot of people become a little more comfortable about talking about it. It's great. It's like the Trojan horse, right, to be, to get people to start talking about sex, to appear at conferences and on agendas talking about sex. But they think they're talking about sex tech because that's a lot more comfortable, you know, if you add tech on it. Or you put future of in the front. Mm-hmm. It's fine. And then people are going to go to crazy right now. Yeah. They're just Maybe. talking about robots and that shit I don't do. Right. And then you're like, well, actually... Have you heard about the ONUT for painful sex? And people are like, oh, my God. Well, 85% of people have painful sex. So Say more. Yeah. The ONUT? Yeah. You know Tell our listeners about it. The, so the ONUT was designed by an amazing woman called Emily who was suffering from painful sex. Dyspareunia. Go oh. on. It's a technical you, term. Say it again. I think it's dyspareunia. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't brave I'm, enough to I say I could it. well be mispronouncing it, but go. it's a common problem. It's a, said. 85% of women have and what had causes painful, that? painful sex in their lifetime. Do we know? 
vulvodynia, like different medical conditions. Um, it's, it is really common. Dr. Lori Brado writes about it a lot, and she writes about how people can use mindfulness mm-hmm. um, to help themselves. But here's another solution. Yeah, so Emily had this idea of like, I guess, wouldn't it be great if you could put almost like mini donuts on your dick so that the, it kind of created a buffer so that the penetration wasn't so strong and going in so far. And so she created this device called the O-Nut, O-H-N-U-T, which is genius, and it's made out of this um, rubbery-like texture, and it's it's rings, which you can essentially customise and modulate to whatever you need, and it's taking off. Like, it's insanely popular. So that sex, so that intercourse is less painful. Mm-hmm. And gay men could use it and straight women. Yeah. Anybody who's yeah. having Just sex with put intercourse. put it on a penis and... Yeah. And I think people think sex tech is like, you know, virtual and robots. Mm. And you're saying that some of it is this stuff that you... It's really applicable to uh, daily lives. Would right. sex tech like in be, 2019. be considered toys too? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Tell us about some of the, Wait, I want to say something else about you, which is so mm. incredible. Uh-oh. Well, first of all, you used to be a weather girl. Yeah. Which, uh, right? Listen, let me Are tell you something. I That used to be my dream job. Wow. Who <laughs> was to be a weather girl? Right. And I in college, I took meteorology courses because I really wanted to be a storm chaser. Stop it. So bad. Oh, storm chaser. At first, I wanted to do the hurricane hunting where you fly into the eye of the hurricane. Yeah. You know, being from South Texas, that whole thing. Yeah. And then I realized Helen Hunt, Twister. Yeah. Twister. You realized that? And you were like, like, that's what I need to be doing. Yeah. Okay, well, she did something else epic too. Here I am. In addition to being a a weather girl, which I know is not the correct term, but I just like to say it because you're a tall blonde, she was also uh, a snowboarding instructor. She was a wakeboarding instructor. What? Core, <laughs> core strength, meet core strength. Oh, I wish yes. I had it still. And she's a certified sexologist. I'm not. Wait, sorry, we're going to have to take that out. <laughs> what did you study with Tammy? You got a degree in sex- <gasps> No, she just brings me in to do her courses. Okay. Yeah. We'll take that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I should be. You, look, you have I an honorary to. degree in sexology because of all the stuff you're doing in the sex tech space. <gasps> I'm actually teaching Tammy's sex therapists this July about um, sex tech stuff. Oh, that's One of the things I realized in the podcast is there is this massive gap with the technologists that are creating the VR, you know, supermodels in spa technology and people that see into the most bedrooms of all, which are sex therapists, and they don't understand the technology and the guys creating the technology don't understand sex. So there has to be a bridge in between Mm -hmm. the two. And that bridge is you. There she is. Yeah, there she is. Okay, we were about to talk about sex toys because you said our sex toys. Oh, yeah. Can you talk about some? I thought of you when I got a squish Mm -hmm. because it's marketed as, first of all, I just think the design of it is so great that it's squishy and that the harder you push, the more it vibrates. And it's not like a little hard thing in your hand. But then it was marketed as a smart toy that remembers the things that you like. Is that an example of sex Absolutely, tech? yeah. I think there's so many good examples of sex toys being sex tech, the technology with it that remembers you with haptic feedback. I know Unbound just released the Palmer ring, 
Have you heard about this? The ring, more. ring that's um, a vibrator, which is very sort of empowering, sex-positive approach to looking at sex toys and women owning their sexuality. So it's a ring that vibrates um, that you can obviously use and also looks like a cool ring and has all sorts of technology in it that I don't even understand. But they came second in um, the TechCrunch Disrupt Awards this year. So there's who came in first? I mean, how did that? I know, second? Jesus. Well, there's a bit of controversy about that. Oh. Like they were meant to come first, but you can't ever have at this point uh, a woman who's running a sex toy company win, you know. Look what happened at the CES. It's the same deal. Mm -hmm. Tell people what Mm -hmm. happened at the Mm -hmm. CES Awards. No, well, they revoked the award. So it's it's too much. It's too, you know, we're we're almost there. I feel like even in the last couple of years um, doing this podcast and realizing how much things have changed and people are. Definitely more comfortable talking about this. <laughs> Wednesday just knocking everything, just knocking everything over. <laughs> Sorry, I got I got mad about the CES award. I got mad about that award being taken away from those women. Yeah, so it's that sort of stuff is still happening. The subway ads, you know, there's been big controversies around women's sex toy brands being able to advertise on the subway, and then you know them being denied and then them being put forward again. So there is, there's still challenges and battles that you face in the sex tech industry, especially as a woman creating a sex toy um, and things like just simple stuff like getting a bank account or, you know, being able to advertise on Instagram, Facebook, that sort of stuff is not available to um, entrepreneurs in this space. But at, in the same breath, there is progress, I think. Mm-hmm. There is more and more. We have podcasts like this one that are talking about this, that are run by two amazing women. And we have more and more examples of this. And I'm speaking a lot more in mainstream arenas, I would say. Like in this this one um, next month is in Australia called Vivid. It's a culture and ideas festival. So it's with all sorts of people from all over the world. But the fact that we're putting sex tech in there is, for me, a great signal that things are changing and we're not just being relegated to a tiny state in Eastern Europe. Right. You, you feel <laughs> Which like isn't bad either. You're, seeing, you're sensing a shift over the last few years that you've been working in the sex tech yeah. space. Yeah, I mean, you look at the women of sex tech, if you're a woman in inter- or interested in who's sort of running the sex tech space from a female point of view, womenofsextech.com is a great resource. And when I started out, that was 30 women in an apartment in Cindy Gallup's apartment talking about the challenges that they were all facing and they were all making products and services in sex tech um, particularly for women, whether that was college assault reporting apps to vibrators. And now in 2019, I think there's like 250 women. So from 30 to 250 in three years is pretty impressive. That's amazing. amazing. So we are making some progress. I like to use that as like, these are all signals that there is progress uh, while there is all these annoying things like awards being revoked or advertising being banned. We still are. I think we're making progress. We're chipping away. And it's... when that happens, more attention is being brought upon it instead of just turning the eye being like, oh, of course. Great. Now people are talking about this. Yeah. You know what? I think it, as – I don't know if this is a great thing to say or not, but I think the Me Too movement was actually a really good catalyst for female sexuality oh, and for people yes. being able to talk about it, even if it was talking about it in a terrible way. Thank God the volume went up on that, mm-hmm. and I think that had a right. ripple effect right across – um, the industry and to pleasure as well. Like I as think much so. As- I, I always like to say that um, what people like to talk about or what people most often talk about in Me Too is women saying no and what we don't want and what we don't like. But one of the big messages of Me Too is that 
female sexuality is not an extension of heterosexual male desire. It's its own thing. And it opened up this space. Okay, we've said what we don't want. We've said what we don't like, what you can't do to us. Now we opened up the space like, here's who we are. Here's mm-hmm. what we want, mm-hmm. right? Me, nobody gives me too credit for that. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing it that it has something to do with the sex tech space becoming more female-friendly. and I um, think so. I, th- I think it's just, yeah, it has provided that space for us to talk about it, you know? When, right. How else are we? It's the hardest thing to talk about too, even for men too. It's like, how do you talk about what you want? Yeah. You can talk about what you don't want. Nope. Right. To my whatever, slut bot. Um, <laughs> but to talk, to actually articulate what you want is the hardest thing. And, you know, it's something that we don't really have the tools to do. So Maybe tech will help us. Maybe. I think tech will. I, I think it will. Yeah, like like the sex bot. Like it is a vulnerable place to talk about what you don't, what you do want. I really want you to do this. And if your partner's like, oh, God, what is that? You know? It, it, you're weird. Yeah. Whitney, it makes you feel weird. like uncomfortable about it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the more we open the conversation, the more there is this technology that's going to help us open that door. I mean, it's only just going to make our sex lives better. Yeah. And I think it's an even broader topic than that. It's, yes, we can talk about what we want in sex and desire, but then if you're talking about what you want there, you're going you're going to talk about it in other areas of your life just as much. It's a ripple effect. It's not just, like, one a one-lane street. It goes across the board. I love that. It is because it's so empowering. Mm-hmm. The minute you can start declaring what you want, you're like, oh, I can get this. Yeah. Right. Right. Feeling a little bit more entitled, right? Yeah. And, to, and I think technology can help with that a lot. When you talk about sex tech, I think people start to feel very paranoid, like we're somehow going to use sex tech instead of actual human connection. And you've spoken about this. You've spoken about the fears that people have about sex tech. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because you're positive. You're, mm. you're like positive. Have to be. Sex have to be. I mean, yeah. you have to be because so, there's so much fear around this. Like the biggest fear that we have around technology is it's going to replace us, right? That's the, the fear mm-hmm. we have. But as we saw with the slut bot, it's actually just a great tool for practicing. So we, you know, the, the paranoia that we have around robots is, oh my God, when's the robot girlfriend's coming? Because then I <laughs> won't have anyone to date. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, you know what? Yeah, I think you got it more on the robots. From the technology that I see, and I have been around um, robotics quite a lot, Harmony AI, which is Matt McMullen's um, real doll that now has artificial intelligence inside its head, is fascinating. And you can download an app and you can choose her personality. She can be funny, shy, charming, cute, submissive. You can rate her from one to three to decide how funny you want her to be or how <laughs> shy you'd like her to be. Um, that sort of stuff is really interesting and cool, but I don't think we're at the point where that's a full replacement because it's not that creative. Like the beautiful thing about humans and the way we have relationships and are intimate is we're creative and we're imaginative and we come up with the craziest stuff that, quite frankly, technology can't because technology is good at algorithms and technology is good at rational decision-making and calculations and that's how it comes up with these answers. It's not so great at emotionality, Mm -hmm. although AI is moving towards that. Mm. I think that's the thing we keep forgetting is like there are some really amazing things about being human and being a sexual human that is is just... really hard for technology to emulate. Yeah, Yeah. tech can't go there. Yeah, I always think, like, when I'm worried about sex tech, the thing that I think I'm worried about isn't what I'm really worried about. Like, what worries me is 
that the only people designing robots will be like douchebag guys who all they want in a robot is for her to look like a porn star. And like, you know, there will be no sex robots maybe for heterosexual women or for women who have a broad, yeah, who have a like, you know, broad visual menu. They don't just want somebody. So I worry that sex tech, when I worry, what I think I'm worrying about in sex tech is more like, I'm worried about basically that money for development is in the hands of heterosexual men with a really narrow menu. Mm. Basically, I'm just worried about patriarchy. Like, I'm not worried about sex <laughs> yeah. tech. Well, but, yeah, it's like a, a monoculture. It just sort of re-vomits and gurgitates its, on itself of this idea of what's sexy. Yeah, so how do we get women into the sex tech space making sex tech for that? women will like. Yeah. Not that men can never do that, but let's have some. Oh, yeah. It's good yeah. to create stuff that you want to use and, and come from someone that has that body. So what I've been doing since Future of Sex sort of took off with the podcast was these hackathons, which are weekend-long innovation jams where we invite anyone in. So I'd hold these in Australia and Asia and in US last year, and we'll do them again this year. And they're really and popular and absolutely incredible. I love them. And only you would have thought of it. <laughs> I mean, I just love that you oh. brought this to the world. Oh, thanks. I don't know. I just thought I, I had exactly the same thought as you, especially after being, um, you know, so close with technologists and realizing like, hello, where are all the women? Where are all the minorities? Mm-hmm. Where are all the people that with disabilities? And Where other are all people? the people who aren't gamers? Yeah, where are all <laughs> the people that aren't white dudes with access to gross amounts of capital that can create stuff for themselves? So we started these hackathons where we invite people in for a weekend. We give them challenges. They're all strangers. They don't know each other. They range in age from like students to mums to older people that are just interested in sex tech. And we say, okay, here are the four challenges. How do you reinvent sex ed for teenage boys? How do you make talking about sex normal and confident? How do you um, create something, create um, something for people with disabilities? Usually people with disabilities should be creating this Mm -hmm, stuff mm -hmm. to give them access to more sexual expression and whatever. We give them four challenges around sex and we say, Use technology to solve it. Oh, my God. I love it. And you know, I, I'm coming. Come. The next one. Yeah, great. Okay, done. You're, you're both invited as yes. mentors to help the teams and maybe build something. Um, and and what happens is these strangers get up and go, I've got an idea, but I need an engineer and I need a designer or I need someone that's good at communications. And over the weekend, they come through, they form teams, they build things. So by Sunday afternoon, they've presented a prototype or maybe a concept and they get judged and we give them funding if they're, you How know, cool is that? Yeah, that's amazing. And that's, to me, where I was like, here's how we're going to solve it. We're just going to give people that don't usually have access, access. And, and how do them. you get funding? And how can anybody listening who might be able to provide funding help you with that? Mm, you can contact futureofsex.org and come and sponsor a hackathon because that's that's where we go, okay, like choose a challenge that you want 100 people to work on and they go and work on it. So we had an amazing um, reaction in Australia where we had the Department of Social Services, so the government, sponsor a challenge around wow. disabilities. And the winning team came up with a voice-activated vibrator for women in wheelchairs. And it was incredible. Lit. And that that's, is so great. That's not coming from the patriarchy. How does that work? Well, it uses, you know, just like you would use Alexa or yeah. Google Home. So you would speak to it and it would... But if you're vocal, like if you're moaning or something, does it turn off or anything? I'm going to send you one. Okay. 
I love the way you're getting into I'm the like, details of it. You're completely inside of it. You're like, what yeah. if my moaning gets in the way? <laughs> I'm moaning and then it turns off. I'm like, no. I guess it turns back on. Alexa. Oh, no, pattern mode. No. Alexa, faster, <laughs> slower. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. So that that's the sort of innovations where I get really excited. I'm like, this is what sex tech's about. That's so mm-hmm. cool. Right. Um, so the hackathons are something you do. Then you also have your podcast. Mm-hmm. And you have your um, Future of Sex series where you have speakers come. Can you tell people about that? Yeah, so it invites amazing speakers like Wednesday. Um, and you guys should definitely do it. It could be in L.A. this year. We don't know if it's New I'll York be or there. L.A. Um, and all sorts of different speakers. So it's, so it's kind of just like a live podcast, right, and inviting people to... Join us for a discussion on a different topic. Do you want to talk about what you talked about? No, I want to talk about all the incredible people that you had. You had Tammy Nelson one time mm-hmm. um, who wrote about the monogamy spectrum. Her more recent book is When You're the One Who Cheats. You had Sue J. Johnson, who's a TED fellow, who talked about pleasure, and it was so mind-blowing. Like, I thought I had heard everything. And she talked about being a mom and teaching her daughter's just to know what feels good to them mm-hmm. and how, like, that's her mission as a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, you had Kenneth Play was there, yep. right, who yep. describes himself as a— Sex hacker. Sex hacker. Mm-hmm. And he, Dr. Holly Richmond, who—she's incredible, another therapist that's—she's also a somatic body worker, but she designed the first VR sex program for women. Um, called Virtual Sexology, and she just does incredible work, just obviously has a perspective on VR, but also just, I just you know, had dinner with trauma. her the other night. I don't like to brag, but I just had dinner Ooh. with Dr. Holly Richmond. She's the best. And she didn't even tell me that she had done that. Of course she didn't. I'm going to call her out. Mm-hmm. When is this next gathering? Is it open to the public? Yeah, or is of course. it invite yeah. only? Sum- summertime, summertime, once I get back from the tour. If you check on the website, futureofsex.org, you'll see where I am and where we're hosting them, but all the time. Wherever I go, I try and host host a few. So I'll host one in Barcelona in June, I think. Perfect. Yeah. See that there. sounds good to me. Great. <laughs> in. <laughs> so when people are talking about their fears around sex tech, what do you hear the most? You said that you hear a lot of people saying that they're worried that robots will replace us. Mm-hmm. What else worries? I what else worries people? Like, I know I'm worried that I have my iPhone in my hand all the time. Are yeah. people worried that sex tech is going to make us more passive about our sexuality? What are the fears that you're confronting? Yeah, I think when we talk about sex, like the really, really good sex, um, that's what people are afraid of losing because the good sex that we have is often because it's intimate, you know, and we're mm-hmm. afraid of losing these skills around intimacy or young kids just not having any skills around intimacy, not really knowing what face-to-face communication is, um, body language, because the majority of their relationships, their primary relationships are now mediated through this screen. So I think that's a valid fear. And I think it's not necessarily sex tech's fault or, in fact, technology's fault, but maybe the way we're using it, right, and finding new ways to use it. And I just like to list off all the positive examples where I think tech is making us more human. Tell us. Um, So another great one that I'm a big fan of because I've used it as well is Mend for Heartbreak. Do you know the Heartbreak app? No. 
So it's amazing. So it, it uses a bit of AI and gets to know you and, uh, you know, goes through this series of getting to know you and how, how far you in, are into a breakup. And then every day it sends you voice over lessons about some aspect of heartbreak that you might want to learn. It sends you positive messages during the day. It also charts your progress in terms of like, how many times has it been since you've looked at his social media <laughs> or, you know, like have you cut off or how are you feeling and it charts your mood and there's all sorts of different trackers if you choose to use them, you know, how much coffee you're drinking, all that sort of like quantified self stuff. Mm. But I just found it so helpful and I thought, you know, when you're, you're going through a heartbreak, sometimes you feel like you're the only person in the world going mm -hmm. through this, no matter if you talk to your friends about it. And quite, quite frankly, sometimes your friends don't want to hear about it for the 75th 17th time. time yeah. yeah. So this was such a lovely use of technology where I'd wake up every day and I would hear this, you know, two-minute lesson that would make me think or shift my perspective in a different way. And I thought, wow, here's technology really helping me and making me feel less alone. And did you use this mm -hmm. while you were going through a breakup? Yeah, I did. Oh, wow. I used it for three months. Mm, yeah. You used it every day. Mm -hmm. Would wake up and would weirdly, or not weirdly, I just started to look forward to like hearing those messages and those little lessons. Okay. It's kind of like having a third party that isn't emotionally involved and is like, here is a lesson to help you, you know, yeah. see this in a different way. Whereas your friends are going to be a little bit biased. You know, yeah. maybe they don't want to hear it. Maybe they, you've been through this so many times. Maybe they can't give you the appropriate advice or whatever it is. This is somebody who, or at technology, that isn't emotionally invested. It's just there to move you along the process. Like That's, a fitness tracker almost. Exactly. Like a fitness tracker for your heartbreak. Uh, okay, I'm I have, up with a new tagline. I have a question. Oh, yeah, they can have it if they want. Um, I have a question for you, which is, who developed MEND? Is it psychologists? Is it... Um, it was a woman, Ellen, going through a heartbreak. Boom. See, this is like invent things that you want and that you need. Exactly. Yeah. Think about, and this is why like talking about entrepreneurs and everything, just think about something that's out there that you want and that you would need and that you would actually use. That's the best, best examples of tech and sex tech, I mm -hmm. think. It's like make something you need. What do you really want? What's not there? So you use MEND every day, so you love MEND. Obviously, we love this voice-activated vibrator. Yeah. Tell us some other things that in the space of sex tech mm, that sure. you think are just, you know, amazing. groundbreaking and amazing. Well, I think, uh, not to get too dark, but I do think assault reporting is changing. And on campus, assault reporting is really important and kind of broken. I know yeah. I had a terrible experience uh, in my university days, which seemed like years ago, decade ago. Um, but I think this has really come a long way. And Describe it Callisto, so C-A-L-L-I-S-T-O, is the digital platform. And it allows you to report someone anonymously and you can obviously stay anonymous if you choose but if this person gets reported enough times it makes the connections behind the scenes so the technology starts to connect these things without sharing it with anyone unless you so choose and then revealing the and who does it does it let the police know or it, it's it's I, as far as I know it's with the university okay so it's under the universities but they're now moving this into the workplace too which mm -hmm. I'm like that makes a lot of damn sense mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know right because who do you know you, you know, it might be really politically dangerous, right, in yeah. some workplaces to 
make these accusations yeah, even even now. You don't even, even still. feel. So I like that because you don't, you know, sometimes you don't want to have a full-on voice about this, but you know it's wrong or something's happened and so it can record it and record it on that time and it becomes a legitimate record of what happened and when you so choose in the future, if you do, you can reveal it. So I think that's really good. Another one which is really interesting, I just went to South Africa and I always love to research the local sex tech wherever I am and say, well, what are people building? Because they're building something that they need. Mm -hmm. And so South Africa is unfortunately the rape capital of the world. It is. Rape is very common there. Wow. A a woman uh, gets raped every, or rape occurs every 17 seconds. Oh, jeez. So this is a, like, incredibly huge, massive problem. And so one example that was really interesting there for me to look at in terms of the sex tech, and it only made it to prototype stage, but it's called the Rape Axe. Are you familiar with this? Rape Axe? Axe, Rape Axe. So it's essentially, again, made by someone that was like, we need this. So it was a nurse that was seeing a lot of sexual assault victims and one of the victims, survivors, had said to her, I wish I just had razor blades in my vagina because this never would have happened. And so she took all this and she went, well, how do I make a female condom that has something that Mm -hmm. stops this? Dear. Whoa. Tell me more. Tell us more. And so this is a female condom that you can wear and it's fitted with barbs on the inside. And so if the... If somebody tries to assault you. It attaches to the penis and, you know, it gives a woman a chance to escape, right? Because it's incredibly painful and it can only be removed in a hospital. That's what my next question was. I was like, how do you get it off? Great. Good. So then you know it's the sure sign that they... We're up to no good. Yeah, yeah. And for a country where, you know, rape is often accompanied by murder, this is a really amazing, I think, solution. Um, But it only made it to prototype saved because it is also so controversial. It's so controversial to have a way to figure out that somebody is a rapist. Yeah. (sighs) And the potential uses. Anyway. Wow, so that was considered too controversial to fund and to bring into the mainstream. Yeah, there's a lot of things. And, you know, there's a lot of dialogue in, like, I would say first world countries like Australia and like the US and the UK that were just like, you know what, that's victim blaming and we can't put the onus on the woman to protect herself like that. And the response to this to the founder that was making it was like you know what this is this is like it can go a couple of ways and one of them's murder so this is a better solution mm. i mean mm-hmm. let women decide give them the technology and let those women decide if they want to use it guess what i bet we know what's going to happen mm. in south africa if it's affordable and available so this is an incredible sex tech story because again like whenever you say sex tech i think about an iPhone or a sex robot, but you're talking about a nurse saw this need mm-hmm. and addressed this incredible social issue. Yeah, and these, these are the these are the things I think we should be talking about. I meant you know, incredibly pressing of social issue. Yeah, robots. Sure, the robots are coming, but like these are the the cool things that can actually impact the world and, uh, and so yeah. save lives. Yeah, yeah. and you found out. Can you tell us the name of this technology again that this nurse in South Africa developed? Rapex. And so you only learned about it because you went to South Africa and started researching the local sex mm-hmm. tech. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, 
Otherwise, I wouldn't have done. I mean, that's sort of my thing is wherever I'm going, I'm thinking, well, what are people doing in sex tech? You're really, when you say sex tech, one of the things that it covers is just innovation. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. social innovation. Yeah. It's a big, broad term in that way. Okay, sorry, the rape axe thing just like took all the air out of the room. <gasps> I just, I'm in like a, picturing it. I keep picturing mm-hmm. it. I can show you it if you want. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah okay. we do want to see. Because okay. I think it would be, I, I wish it could be, you know, an actual product. Because I would love to see the correlation, too, in the numbers. If rape decreased, what it would look like, the impact. Right. This is where um, it starts to sound like there's some similarities between South Africa and the, the U.S., not in assault rates necessarily, although our assault rates are way too high, but like in stopping this technology that serves women. Wow. Okay. So it's kind of like a thicker condom and it has these, like you said, like barbs, like, um, whoa. The hooks, the hooks engage only the skin of the penis shaft. Well, that's too bad. (laughs) <laughs> wow Bryony you always surprise me <laughs> good because yeah it looks like it can go in and as soon as it comes out the bars go mm-hmm. let's hope that somebody listening to this says I need to help make that possible and there's a PayPal on her site so she still there's has the site yeah, and you can donate to it to make it happen okay great mm. really good to know this is one of the best examples you've ever given me of how oh. sex tech by women is serving women. But we also have a more fun domain to talk about, which is pleasure. Yeah. Let's yeah. get on to the pleasure stuff I then. mean, okay. tell us about <laughs> sex can. tech and female pleasure. Yeah, and there's so many. We said OMG, yes. OMG, mm-hmm. yes, is fantastic, especially for learning about your body. I think some of the new vibrators, as you mentioned, Squish from Unbound is really incredible. I mean, these things, they just don't look phallic anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, they're much more catered to a female body. The design, they're, they're designed by women. So they're, they're just, they look good. Tell, they're tell, pretty. Yeah. They're and pretty, tell, yeah. will you tell listeners about Unbound Babes? Because you're the person who taught me oh, about really? Unbound. Yeah. Oh, I think. I mean, I think Unbound's amazing. It's this rebellious feminist brand that was started by Polly Rodriguez after she had cancer and she was battling cancer and was told, "Well, you can't have children." But they never talked to her about sexual pleasure, and she walked into a sex toy store, shop, you know, we've all seen those Mm -hmm. seedy, creepy Mm -hmm. ones or experienced it and went, there's got to be something better than this. And so she went about building this company that has become an enormous success because it speaks directly to women and everything that we're going through. And she keeps innovating, which is incredible. So the squish is this toy which you can squish. It's kind of like a stress ball, but secretly a vibrator. All these toys look good and they're designed to to sort of like be proudly displayed, a.k.a. the Palmer ring. And on Yeah, and there's the, the necklace, the Crave necklace. And necklace the Crave vibrator. necklace. Mm, that's a beautiful one. The other, the other technology which I feel like when I talk about sex toys most women don't know about is the air suction technology. Ooh, the, is it called like the, the womanizer? womanizer? Tell, mm, tell our listeners girl. about it. Yeah, the pleasure mm-hmm. air technology is something that, you know, we think about vibrators. We call them vibrators. They're going to vibrate. They buzz. But 
this sex toy or whatever we want to call it has pleasure air technology, which is essentially a suction cup that replicates oral sex. And you would put it over your clitoris and 30 seconds later. Isn't it like, they say it's like a guaranteed (laughs) so many minute orgasm. Sure. Most women, I think it's like, you know, 99% of women will have an orgasm within 15 minutes. And that is being very generous. That's, yeah, conservative. So cool. Like, and explore, man, that's so cool. And you know, it's it's such a a subtle shift, but it's such a profound shift from somebody, something that vibrates Mm -hmm. to thinking about, Wait, most women don't have orgasms from intercourse. Somebody just wrapping their mind around, okay, so what does work for women? Putting the thought into it, it doesn't take that long to figure out most women have an orgasm from cunnilingus. Mm-hmm. What skillful cunnilingus? Like, oh, let me. Was it? Did a woman design it? Do we know? No. Maybe it was a husband and wife team, but they're from Germany. And they've just recently partnered or acquired WeVibe as well. Nice. Oh, they did. So now their Wow Tech is their their umbrella brand. So what's cool about this partnership, I think, is WeVibe's technology is now going into Womanizer. So it's like, whoa, whoa, there's amazing sex tech technology in there. So they just released the Duo. I don't know if you know the Womanizer Have Duo. Tell us. It was like the Inside Out, which they'd released before. Womanizer had released this one where it wasn't just focused on air suction technology or pleasure air technology is what I think their patent is around suction of the clitoris. It was also a shaft which would vibrate so you could put it inside you, which some women like. But it didn't rumble like the Wee Vibe rumbles. <laughs> and so now with this duo, which was just released at the end of March, there is a rumble in the shaft so you can have, you know, penetrative stimulation Mm -hmm. that rumbles, not just vibrates, that has varying degrees of intensity, as well as the clitoral air pleasure technology, the suction, and you can, you know, adjust that as well. So you have this fully customizable experience that also includes penetration. I mean, it's like the, what would we call that? The bells and whistles. The holy the grail. Yeah, the hell calling This that. is the advanced level, you know. I mean, get I am going. buying one of those today. <laughs> okay, what is that called? The Womanizer Duo. The Womanizer Duo. And that's now with the partnership with Lilo. With WeVibe. WeVibe, sorry. Ooh. Yeah. You so just gave us a tech. long shopping list of toys. Is there anything on the horizon that you're most excited about? In the pleasure yeah. thing. I mean, I haven't tried the Palmer Ring. I just ordered two of them. Okay. Um, but Because one might not be enough. <laughs> presents. I want to give people presents. I'm like, yeah. more people. Pleasure presents are the best thing that you could give somebody. What kind of I, a hostess gift? I'm going to give it to someone for their wedding. I, don't, I hope she's not oh. going to listen beforehand. But I was like, this is a cool wedding gift. It's a great wedding it's, gift. It's an, it's it's an all ring. it's an all gift. Yeah. It doesn't it's matter. Happy Monday. Yeah. There you go. Didn't you like my hostess gift idea? Like you show up. Oh, here's your like, thanks for having yeah. us over for the dinner party. I just got you this. <laughs> you can hand out books yeah. and vibrators. Yeah. yeah. That's a great idea. It's a good combination. You could make a vibrating bookmark. Like that could be your like Wednesday Martin's thing. Oh, mm. quiet. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> We're, we're on it. <laughs> God, this is just like the the sewing table. Like, or what did women used to do? A quilting bee, right? And they like had all their great ideas while they were uh, their quilting bee. This mm-hmm. is 
Mm-hmm. This is our quilting bee. Love it. Our sex tech quilting, quilting. bee. Um, I love um, the idea of that ring and of the bookmark because we know that women kind of have to, some of us still have to keep our pleasure on the DL. Mm-hmm. Like our, so I can see a bookmark, you know, like nobody can tell or a ring, like only those in the know know. Mm. That's how it is with the Crave yeah. travel yeah. vibrator. Yeah. Um, recently I was wearing it at a meeting and somebody said, is that a vape pen? <laughs> and I was so mortified that somebody would think that I vaped. And then afterwards, <laughs> my friend who was at the meeting with me said, you're mortified that somebody would think you vape, but you don't care that somebody knows that you're wearing a vibrator. You would rather that they know that you're wearing a vibrator. And I said, What did you yes, say? You were just like, Obviously. God, no, this is not a vape. I did. I said, No, I don't vape. This is a vibrator. <laughs> Hello. That's awesome. Hello, vaping is bad for you. <laughs> I'm a mom. This is a vibrator. <laughs> Get it right. What kind of example do you think I'm setting for people? Smoking is bad. Um, That's another one we can come up with. We have all of these hats and logos. Smoking is bad. Vibrating is good. good. Womanizing (laughs) is good. (laughs) Dot, 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 question mark. (laughs) But I do like the way that tech is going to allow— One woman that I interviewed for Untrue told me that her whole life changed when she got um, a smartphone and that she didn't have to have— um, notifications. Her boyfriend couldn't see, couldn't say like, why did that guy like your tweet? Or he couldn't say like, who's this guy or woman posting on your Instagram? She liked that she could get DMs and that they were hidden. And I hadn't thought about how that technology allowed women to have privacy and pursue their pleasure without being watched. watched. And judged. And she told me that she lived in a community where men watched women very carefully. And her boyfriend's friends and other men in the neighborhood were always watching her. And she was using DMs to to connect with people from her past and that she could trust and to have hookups and to just make an end run around everybody watching what she did all the time. And I just hadn't thought of how on this basic level— Tech can afford women a level of privacy that we sometimes really need, right? Yeah. Well, I remember we talked about this with the introduction of the smartphone and the camera, right? Oh, tell people this because this was, I put this in untrue as well because this was so profound when you reframed tech for me this way. It was really a big reframe. Oh my gosh, too much pressure. But anyway. it's really cool. (laughs) It's a cool insight. You're going to have to add lib because it was a while ago, but the introduction of the the camera on the smartphone, the selfie part of it, gave women this, re-gave us back our ownership over our own bodies. Like the selfie is something that we can control. No Mm -hmm. longer is it other people taking photos of us or objectifying us in a way that we can't control. The selfie is actually a really great tool for women to be able to control their image, Mm -hmm. control how they appear, control where it appears. Curate their image online. And the way Brian said it to me at the time was this moment when this button was there and you could touched the button and suddenly the camera flipped and it was facing you. You said that you thought that was a really big, important shift, that tech was allowing women something that we hadn't had before mm-hmm. in a long time to- or hadn't had for a long time. I hadn't I hadn't even thought about that with the the DMs and the privacy aspect too, but it's amazing how much this little smartphone has given us. 
and taken away. It's taken yeah, away. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's the balance. Mm. We more focus on that, where, right? I mean, there, I feel like social media and our our phones have changed the way that we relate to people and date so much. Yes, it mm. gives us more privacy, but then at the same time, do we have more privacy? Yeah, can you talk about that? Tell us. Well, your, it's all yeah. dependent on us. So I think it, it, we love yeah. to blame the technology and say, damn, it's a technology. Actually, it's us and the way we're behaving, the way we choose to use the tools. No doubt. Is just like whether you choose to put a condom on or not, like how far are you going to go with this? How risky do you want to be? Because you can put stuff out there and for sure, anything that's out there, it's out there. You can't delete it. You can't get it back. So I think it has completely changed the way we fall in love, the way we date, the way we, what we find sexy. But that's, I, this isn't like a succinct argument, but I just really think we need to think about how we're using it. This mm. is just the the mediator here. Right, right, we're, right. we're doing it. We're the ones mm. making these choices. I thought of Bryony, um, I guess it was last summer already now, but I was sitting outside at a restaurant and I overheard two young women, they were at a table near me and they were talking about, Somebody, one of them was dating, and she said, and it was so weird, he called me, and I was just like, (laughs) why doesn't he just text me like a normal person? And the woman sitting with her said, he called you? She said, yeah. And the young woman said, I don't know. I mean, maybe just because he was running late and he was trying to, was he trying to be polite? And um, the other woman said, I don't know. Couldn't he just text me? And I thought, oh, my God, this is so this is a conversation that shows that, like, everything has shifted. Okay, so Don't my thing call. is you can't just willy-nilly FaceTime somebody. Like, you just, you kind of got to warn them, you know? I might have a face mask on. I might be just out of the shower. I might be laying in bed. I might be hungover. I might be with somebody. I don't know. You can't just <laughs> willy-nilly FaceTime me. It's like calling me. Okay. Right. Text, like okay. It. But the whole, the FaceTime, I'm like, you know, and then you see yourself and you're like, oh, God, well, I, I'm going to deny I cannot FaceTime you right now. I think it's a boss move. It's hilarious. I just think I'm going to FaceTime the <laughs> yeah, fuck out of it. You think it's a boss move. And I think like a like, whole new— the other person off. You're like, oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. That, but also, like, there's a whole new etiquette. Like, I remember when I didn't really know, like, I had to ask one of our nannies, like— What's the difference between when I text somebody and when I email somebody? Like, what does that even mean? Mm. And she had to, like, explain it to me. Otherwise, I would be, as you said, like, willy-nilly texting. texting people that I worked with. Well, she told me that email was more official and it's for work. And But I— but my point is, I text all the time now. Never on email. But I need. Yeah, I think I know. that's shifting now. Never. I think texting is just like this is the the this most the, the fastest now. most effective this way to is communicate. What we do. Some, yeah, yeah. But I think my point that I was trying to make really poorly was that the etiquette is has to catch up with the technology. Like I'm not aware sometimes of the rules around the technology because it's happening so fast, and I'm like, wait, what am I? Is this polite? Is this bad? I guess now I know not to FaceTime you. <laughs> no, you can FaceTime me. It's I'm going to text you first. All, when my Any of my friends FaceTime me, it's okay. But if it's like a, just a guy that's going to FaceTime, no. What I, if it's— No. Yeah, also, uh-uh. I, don't, I don't like when I think You're in my face, space yeah, all of a sudden. I think that it's this FaceTime audio. This is my alone time, audio. and you're FaceTiming me. Now that means you're here. Yeah. What if now you think here. it's FaceTime audio, and you answer it, and then you realize that it's oh, FaceTime? Oh, gosh. Has that happened? Yeah. You just because, hang up. Because a lot of people— Abort mission. <laughs> hang up. <laughs> I'm out of here. 
<laughs> the new rules. Well, I think we're making up the rules as we go. <laughs> That's, That's the, the thing, thing, isn't it? We're making these rules up. And so, like, those young girls that were like, oh, don't. Don't call me. me. There was another thing I heard about um, guys that are trying to slide into your DMs and if they start liking your pictures, I didn't know this, but if they start liking old pictures, like it shows that they're really interested. They're stalking you. Oh, they're it like, shows. it shows oh. that they went through your, your feed and they went all Scrolling. the way down and they're like, 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 like. But what if they go all the way down and just like one? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm kind of. Stalking you. Oops, but. accident. Now, <laughs> or what about the accident? You know, now people are like, hey, check out my ex-boyfriend's new girlfriend's type of deal. And then you, you know? accidentally like And something. then you accidentally like one from like a year or two ago. And yeah. can't take that back. SOS, everybody out. Oh my God. Wait, can't Ooh. you unlike it? <laughs> well, like yeah, you can unlike it, but it already says Wednesday Martin, PhD, liked photo. Thanks for blaming it on me. Yeah. Thanks for pinning that on me. So you got to be careful. You got to be careful with your little fingers. They can't be too shaky. I do remember back in the day when I drank (laughs) that we talked about, we talked about, like, you know, never send an email after a glass of wine. I did it many times. I made sent emails. Multiple emails. That was a long time ago. That's when we used email. And sometimes you wake up. I mean, you don't anymore, but sometimes you wake up and I'm like, what? Oh, come on. I had to say that. I feel like that happens more with stories now. People like, I can't believe that I posted that Instagram story last Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Lit. Everybody, like, everyone wakes up and after a night out and was like, let me see what I need to delete. Okay, the entire story. I did nothing last night. Goodbye. But Instagram Only stories 500 go away, right? Instagram stories. Yeah, but after 24 hours. And if you're, you're, you're all over the world, yeah, it's not. <laughs> you wake up, Australia's already awake. Oh, man. <laughs> it's too late to fix Australia, people. <laughs> you scorched Australia. The outback is scorched. Oh, I love Australians. Um, My boyfriend's Australian. Oh, there Ricky. you go. Nice. Can't understand half the th- things that he says. That's the charm. But he's very nice. But That's it sounds charm. so good. That it does. is the charm. Be mm. mad. I'm like, mm. you're so cute. Just keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> what, are, what did I do wrong? I feel like it makes sense <laughs> that that you're from Australia somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just makes sense that you're from Australia. I think that it. it's a really innovative place. Am I wrong? I how have like you found? Fi- how do you find your work in Australia versus here in terms? Really of, good now. Like, it took a to while. Sex tech. Mm-hmm. Took a while, but now, yeah, it's awesome. I mean, they're putting sex tech on this festival that's like next to Spike Lee, headlining with sex tech. It's like great. They're they're right. a lot more open. Aussies are chill. We're still very conservative. We we came from the Commonwealth, from the Queen. So I think there is that element, um, especially of Australians that haven't left Australia, is that it is that sort of still a bit repressed around talking about sex. You can talk about anything else. Super easy, laid back. But there's a little bit of reservation when it comes to sex, and that's reflected in the terrible sex education that we all had there, you know, watching the video, the famous video of, like, lions mating. Wait. I'm surprised it wasn't kangaroos. Your your sex ed in Australia. Tell us about sex ed in Australia. I want to know about that, actually. It's so similar to here. I feel like it's exactly the same. Is it abstinence mostly? uh, Not so much that. It's like it really happens, but, like, we're not going to tell you too much. Like, here's a drawing 
of a vagina. Here's a sketch. Here's a when you'll see, <laughs> see it's like cord. a stick figure. figure. <laughs> That's a penis. Those things that come together. In this vicinity, it, there might be something. <laughs> things go on. Now, go home and don't talk about this ever again. Don't even look at it. So it's just kind of lacking. I wonder if that's why you became a sex tech innovator. Potentially. But, yeah. I think. But I think that, that wherever I go, I think that sadly that's the case. It's hard to find a country that is really switched on and is like, you know what? We were talking about consent at four years old. Right. God, I want that to happen so, so bad. And I really want this the Netherlands. to be talked about more. Yeah, the Netherlands. Pretty but good. I think doing our best to talk about this more and create an environment to where sex education is a priority is like should be our ultimate goal here and i don't think many people think that sex tech can be sex ed they think that sex tech is like recreational decadent um maybe even you know um unhealthy which we know it's not having spoken to you but i don't think they know that sex tech can be sex ed for mm. kids and adults, right? It can be like totally. a, God, this is something I could talk about forever and always. I just want to keep going. We're already over on time, but uh, thank you so, so, so Part much. And tell people, soon. tell people again how they can follow you and find you. And Great. Just look up Future movement. of Sex and you'll, <laughs> you'll find me if you Google Future of Sex, much to my parents' dismay. Um, <laughs> futureofsex.org or Bryony Cole, B-R-Y-O-N-Y-C-O-L-E. Thank you, Bryony. Thank you. Thanks for being here with us. Thanks for changing everything. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Thank you. (laughs) Back to slut bot. (laughs) Let's start and end with that. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, please, please, please leave us a review on iTunes because this is what will support the podcast and it will spread the message for us. And if you leave your Instagram handle with your review, we'll pick one lucky reviewer to win a free copy of my book, Untrue, about female lust. And one other lucky reviewer will win a free coaching session with relationship coach Whitney Miller. Yes. Thanks, guys.